Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm your host today, Aaron Schlein from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, Sacramento District. Today's episode of Inside the Castle is part of a series focused on career development within the Army Corps of Engineers. The goal for this series is simple, to share proven skills and strategies to help our USACE teammates move their careers and the nation forward. In the last career development episode, I chatted with Jesse Morrill Winter from the FRM PCX about how professional networking, when done with intention, can lead to a more impactful and fulfilling career and generally just make cool things happen. Today, we're going to pick up on one of those fundamental concepts of professional networking, and that is working actively and intentionally to make sure that people know who you are and how you can contribute to the mission. Now, this episode is going to get kind of awkward, and you'll understand why in a minute. Today's guest has a success story to share with you. Well, at least half a success story. The story about finding support and even finding funding to explore new ways to contribute to the USACE mission, even if that new way to contribute has very little to do with your current job description. Back on September 30th, Inside the Castle sat down with Michael Deegan from the Institute for Water Resources, and Michael came on the show to promote the New Horizons program and an opportunity that was put out across the Corps of Engineers to serve a detail with IWR and the New Horizons program. Now, in case you missed that episode, I've got a quick clip to refresh your memory. Here's Michael Deegan from IWR talking about the New Horizons program. New Horizons is a program at the Institute for Water Resources. It's essentially like a mini think tank program. We define emerging issues that will impact the core over the next, say, three to five years. Most of the projects provide what I would call innovative analysis. We're looking forward to uh, this detail opportunity as a way to access expertise outside of IWR. The idea is people coming with, if they've seen problems in their home district that they have potential solutions for or a new way to define problems, we're looking for subject matter experts across all functional areas, across all mission areas. Now, our guest today is the recipient of the next New Horizons detail starting in February 2022 at IWR. We're going to talk not just about the project that will be worked on as part of the detail, but also about how professional relationships and networking played a vital role in being selected for the detail. Now, I personally have been a huge fan of the New Horizons program ever since I learned about it, and I love that such a program exists within the Corps of Engineers that rewards innovative thinking and allows people to experiment with fresh ideas in a collaborative and a supportive environment. So now for the awkward part. You see, I was hoping to get a chance to interview the person who was selected for the next New Horizons detail, and the truth is, I got what I wanted. But what I hadn't counted on, at least not initially, was that the person selected for the detail was going to be me. You see, a little over a month ago, I submitted my own New Horizons project proposal. And just a couple weeks ago, I was contacted by Michael Deegan at IWR to let me know that my proposal had been selected for the next New Horizons detail. And without being overly self-indulgent, 
I would like to share that story with you here on the Inside the Castle podcast because I think there are a lot of nuggets in there that we all can learn from to help us along our journey through life and our professional journeys through the Corps of Engineers. So there is no guest today, or I guess you could say that I am my own guest today. I'm going to interview myself is what's happening, and I'll do my best to be a good guest. Here we go. I'm pleased to welcome Aaron Schlein to the program today. Aaron spent the first decade of his career specializing in economic and life risk analysis. These days, he's focusing on creating an entrepreneurial culture and helping USACE leverage its most essential asset, its people. He believes this can be achieved by asking questions others won't, taking on responsibilities others shy away from, and solving the problems that matter most to people. Aaron is committed to helping his teammates solve our nation's most pressing challenges using an optimal combination of curiosity, creativity, collaboration, technology, and leadership. Aaron Schlein, welcome to Inside the Castle. Well, hey, thanks. Happy to be here. Really been looking forward to this. That's my pleasure. I want to talk about your selection into the New Horizons program and the project you're going to be working on during the detail. But before we get into all that, tell us, what do you think it is that makes your story so unique? Honestly, it's less about what makes my story unique, and it's more about how my story can serve as an inspiration for others who want to challenge themselves to contribute in new and exciting ways. Folks who want to put their skills, put their talents to work for themselves and for the organization. And even if those skills and talents don't necessarily show up in their day-to-day work. So I've been with the Corps for 13 years, 13 years in May. I started as a GS7 economist straight out of college, and I worked my way up through the same section. It's the only section I've ever worked in. And I hit some bumps along the way, but I'm happy with where I landed. I'm now the chief of the economic and risk analysis section in Sacramento District. Well, you mentioned some bumps in the road. Why don't you tell us about those? Well, hopefully it's no secret that it's our mistakes that holds some of our best opportunities to learn. And one mistake that I made led me to what I would describe as a professional crisis of faith in that earlier in my career, I did a lousy job of selling myself within my own organization, selling my skills and talents. And that really cost me. I was doing some really great work uh, for a several years with the Modeling, Mapping, and Consequences Center. I was heavy into life safety modeling. HECFIA was the the program of the day. It's now evolved into HEC Life Sim. But I was pretty far out ahead of what was going on in the core when it came to life safety, especially life safety in economic analysis. And what happened was at my home district, I was feeling pressure to to reel it in, if you will, to come back and fill my plate with more district work as opposed to the national work I'd been doing, even though I was really excited and I was really out ahead of the game. And I saw myself on a great career path. I was a GS 11 at the time on the verge of a 12. And I was thinking if I stay along this same path, I could make GS 13, maybe even 14, who knows, on this technical specialist path that I was on. But when I was asked to reel it in, and leave the national work aside in favor of of Sacramento district work. I did not advocate for myself. I rolled over, if you will, and I just did what I was asked. I did what I was told, rather than view that as a negotiation where I had a legitimate seat at the table to to bargain, negotiate for how I was going to spend my time. I didn't do that. 
And I can't necessarily say I regret it to this day because everything that happened subsequent to that never would have happened. And a lot of great things have happened since then. But I learned a lesson. And the lesson was that we all have a seat at the table to advocate and negotiate on behalf of ourselves and our careers and to put our skills, our best selves forward and try to match those up with the needs of the organization. And just to follow up that story, it's interesting because right here on the Inside the Castle podcast, Aaron, you did an episode with Jesse Morrow Winter. Jesse Morrow Winter was on that similar path as a technical specialist in the life safety, risk, and consequences community. And in my view, Jesse did a much better job of advocating for himself along the way. And he landed down that career path that I saw for myself. GS-13 technical specialist and onto a GS-14 as a national specialist with the Flood Risk Management Center of Expertise. The takeaway from that story isn't sour grapes. It was a lesson. It was a lesson that I learned that if I want to put my best self forward in this organization or any organization, that I need to advocate for myself, sell myself, and really show off what I can do. And it's real easy to sit and blame others. Oh, I didn't get this promotion because so-and-so held me back or such-and-such project held me back. And I probably did fall into that a little bit at the time. Uh, But looking back... Over the years, I've learned to take responsibility for my own actions, or in the case of the story I just told you, my own inaction. And that's why I'm so passionate today about helping my colleagues recognize ways that they can contribute, even if those ways are non-conventional, or at least non-conventional in the eyes of others. It's not the responsibility of others to acquiesce to your way of thinking. It's your responsibility to show off what you can do and just really sell yourself. And having been through that experience, I was far better prepared to be my own advocate when the New Horizons opportunity arose. Because opportunities like New Horizons aren't necessarily on the radar of supervisors and management as something that their staff members could contribute to and benefit from. Uh, And again, it's up to the individual employees to earn the support of their management. So I knew when I applied for the New Horizons program that that was something I was going to have to do. And I was prepared to really sit and advocate hard. All right. So what are some of the ways that these individual employees can do that? How can they earn that support that you're talking about? One of the things that anyone can do, and I say this with maximum humility, is to show off. Show yourself off. If you have ideas, if you have skills, if you have ways to contribute that you think our agency could benefit from, find yourself that proverbial mountaintop and scream from it. Uh, Some more tactical advice to go along with that is to really observe how your organization operates. Ask questions, listen to people's problems, and jump at opportunities to help solve those problems. Establishing yourself as someone who helps solve problems is a huge step in building your reputation as a contributor, not to mention a great way to build your professional network. And when solving those problems for other people allows you to deploy a certain skill, a certain set of skills, or a certain innovative approach or way of thinking that you want to show off, that, my friend, is a winning recipe for establishing yourself, not just as a contributor, but as an innovator. Quick little story about some advice I got when it came to showing off. When I first became the section chief in Sacramento District, I became in charge of 
sending up our bi-weekly situation reports to our planning division chief, the sit rep for short. And I was lamenting one day to one of my staff about how it was kind of a drag to have to do this every couple of weeks. It was just something else on my plate that I had to do. It felt like kind of a ho-hum sort of task. And he turned it around on me. He said, hey, listen, this is our opportunity to show off for the leaders in our district and in our division and even in the whole nation. This is our chance to show off all the cool things we're doing. Why would we not get excited about that opportunity? And ever since then, my approach to situation reports specifically and just showing off in general has changed. When you have those opportunities to show off, take them. Well, thank you for that very humble advice. All right, let's talk about your latest opportunity with the New Horizons program with IWR. What was your proposal all about? And what exactly will you be doing during your time with the program? Well, before we get into that, I want to spend just a little bit of time setting the stage for how I became aware of the New Horizons program and the steps that I took. Uh, Some of those steps were intentional. Some of them were very unintentional, but steps that I took to help me earn credibility that ultimately helped me to get selected into the program. Because let's face it, a great proposal without some credibility on the part of the person providing the proposal, that's gonna be a tough sell in just about any situation. I mean, say you're remodeling your kitchen and you're sifting through proposals from different contractors, you're gonna want some reasonable assurance that the contractor you select is gonna be able to execute and deliver on all the promises they make in their proposal. And that's what I think helped me get over the top with New Horizons. I had a decent proposal that got the attention of the selection committee, and I had enough people within our organization who knew me and knew my work, and they knew me well enough to speak on my behalf to offer that reasonable assurance for the folks at IWR that I will follow through on everything that I put into my proposal, that bringing me in is a relatively low risk because I have that credibility behind me. People willing to speak up on my behalf to say, yeah, this guy's good. He's, if you bring him in, he's going to do what he says he's going to do. He's got a good track record and we'll vouch for him. And there are some things that I've done over the last, really just the last several months that went a long way in getting me over the hump in that, in the new horizons detail. Let's go back about six months. It was the summer of 2021. There was a detail also through IWR, as a matter of fact, with the Collaboration and Public Participation Center of Expertise. I applied for that detail. I wasn't selected. And in fact, I didn't even get a response from the folks who had announced the detail. Now, I was disappointed that I didn't get selected, but I understood. Because when I broke it down, when I was real honest with myself, I said, hey, this is an entirely new community of practice, the CPCX. I had had no association with them whatsoever in the prior 12-ish years of my career. This is an entirely new community, and most of the people in it, if not all the people in it, don't know me from a hole in the wall. So what I told myself was, hey, if I want to contribute to this community, I was going to need to start reaching out and getting connected into that community of practice. So I started attending CPCX webinars and I made a point to be active in the chat so that people would see my name and then they would see my desire to be part of the conversation. And I joined a couple of the CPCX working groups, which are open to anyone who want to contribute. And after starting in some of those larger conversations like the webinars and the working groups, slowly I started being involved in more small group and even one-to-one conversations. I was taking on small tasks wherever I could just to prove to this new group of people that I was someone they could count on. There are two skills that I love to put to work for me whenever I can. Those are video production and video editing. 
And I'm an economist with the Army Corps of Engineers, so why would it ever matter that I know how to edit video? Well, the answer is it doesn't, but I made it a point to make it matter, to make it matter that I have a background in video production and video editing. The saying goes that luck is where preparation meets opportunity. One day on a call with a couple of the CPCX folks, I learned about a problem they were having in putting together a training, training slash conference, I guess. It was called the Virtual Collaboration Summit. It happened over summer of 2021. And the problem they were having was that three of their scheduled speakers were no longer available on the dates of the event. People that had been scheduled to speak, give live presentations, were no longer available to present during the summit. And that's where I jumped in. I jumped in and I offered to work with these three individuals to produce recorded presentations that could be played during the virtual collaboration summit as a substitute for those live presentations. And long story short, they took me up on my offer, got me a little bit of money for my time, and everything worked out great. Now, of course, I didn't create the circumstances surrounding that opportunity. It's not something that could be manufactured. But because I was clear in my own mind about how I could contribute to the organization with my video production skills, if there ever was a need, and I was ready to recognize the opportunity when it presented itself, and I was ready to seize that opportunity. So skipping ahead, video production and video editing are going to be crucial to the success of my New Horizons detail. And because I had the opportunity to show off those skills to some key players in the agency, I was able to get some great references, some street credibility, if you will, from people whose opinions mattered to the selection committee at IWR for the New Horizons detail. And I'm very grateful for those references. I'm certain, certain that I would not have been selected without them. Very well done, my friend. Well done. I feel like we've teased it enough now. Are we ready to dive into your New Horizons project? What would you do if I said no? I would say don't ever put me down as a reference when you apply for anything. Well, I guess I better get after it then. My New Horizons project is to build the framework for a peer-to-peer online learning platform developed specifically for USACE employees who want to explore new ideas, share what they know, and just generally be part of conversations that move the agency forward. Because it's my belief that individuals who take the time to learn, to contribute, and communicate on this platform are going to reap tangible benefits in the form of career acceleration and job satisfaction. And at the same time, the core can benefit from increased employee engagement, and the platform will serve as a true knowledge management platform, as well as an opportunity to facilitate a dialogue about new challenges in real time as they arise. Huh. Online learning platform. That's a little bit squishy for me. Can you dig into that a little deeper? What exactly will it look like? Well, it's essentially a collection of multimedia online courses that are going to be available for free to everyone in the core on an ever-evolving list of topics. Anyone will be able to take courses, and in theory, anyone can create a course. Uh, There are going to be guidelines for course creators, but anyone who meets those guidelines will have the opportunity to share their knowledge and expertise by creating lessons and creating courses with technical help from me and from my team. And that's where the video production skills come in. Because I want the content to be fresh, I want it to be relevant and visually appealing, or at the very least, not drab and awful. 
And course creators can work with my team much in the way that I worked with those speakers for the virtual collaboration summit to create and to record those modules. And we're going to select our course creators based on their ability to clearly demonstrate expertise in a relevant subject area, to effectively communicate actionable advice for folks who want to develop and excel in that area. And finally, we want our creators to make themselves available to respond to questions and feedback. And let me get this straight. You're going to accomplish all of this in a 120-day detail? Well, no, and thanks for calling that out. You're quite an astute interviewer. The focus of the 120-day detail will be on creating a pilot course, something tangible that we can use to get people engaged, to get people talking, and to help prove or disprove my assertion that investing in this platform is a good idea for the Corps of Engineers moving forward. All right, so what's the pilot course? How to schmooze your way into your dream job in the Corps of Engineers? Very funny. You're a funny, funny guy. Uh, the pilot course covers several key topics related to economics in the Corps of Engineers. I've been a core economist for 13 years, and in a way, it's two worlds colliding in a pretty cool way. Corps of Engineers economics, which is my area of expertise, according to my position description and job title, and creating digital content and curriculum. Those two things are going to come together to create what I hope to be something greater than the sum of its parts. You hope? Yeah, I hope. Is that a problem? No, I just thought you'd be more confident than that. Dude, take it easy, man, will you? God. I think this is a pretty good place to stop for now. Aaron Schlein, thanks so much for taking some time to grace us with your presence here on Inside the Castle. I know we'll all be following this story very closely. Yeah, and uh, thanks for having me. If I could just say one last thing. Oh, darn it. Looks like we're out of time here on Inside the Castle. Thank you for joining us today for this episode in our career development series. And to our listeners, we always want to hear from you about the topics that are important to you and the people you're interested in hearing from. On behalf of the entire Inside the Castle team, I want to wish you a joyous holiday season and a happy, healthy new year in 2022. This is Aaron Schlein signing off for Inside the Castle. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. <laughs>